Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. Good morning. My name is Craig. Point of note, uh, trying to schedule guests for later this week, uh, we have uh, Governor Pritzker's budget speech coming up tomorrow. Uh, that should be uh, an interesting speech uh, to see if he's uh, got uh, something new, if the uh, boards have uh, got uh, uh, revenue estimates this year, or if we're just going to throw that aside and act like, nah, nah, we, we don't need no estimates. Uh, should be, there are some, uh, there is some legislation uh, that has been introduced in Springfield, uh, but we're going to get to uh, talk with uh, Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute about Governor Pritzker's budget address. We'll do that on Thursdays. We're trying to schedule around that uh, Thursday appearance. Uh, coming up on the back half of the show, uh, Greg Bishop took the time to point out some additional legislation that has been introduced in Springfield that leans much more towards Camille Lilly's you're going to have to have somebody else pump your gas at the gas station bill that she got kind of defensive about. Remember, we talked about that in last week. Uh, so we'll uh, uh, take Bishop's cue and talk about a few other pieces of legislation that will make you face palm. So we'll do that on the back half of today's show. But uh, first things first, uh, joining us with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. A Quincy man who was renting an apartment above the scoreboard bar and grill is now in jail after allegedly trying to burn down the building last night. Firefighters and police were called to the business in the 200 block of South 8th around 840. QPD reports as 48-year-old Bruce Dyer II was arrested on counts of aggravated arson and meth possession. People were in the bar at the time of the fire, but no one was hurt. The bar was undamaged. Police say that fire was confined to the upstairs apartment. Dyer's in the Adams County Jail waiting a bond hearing. National Weather Service says that this spring there's an increased chance of flooding on both the Mississippi and Illinois rivers again. The Weather Service's St. Louis office recently issued its first spring flood outlook of the year. Based on what it says are, quote, about 60 years of historical rainfall and stream crests, end quote. It says that the larger rivers, particularly the Mississippi, have experienced well above normal stream flow through most of the winter. And in the wake of last year's historic flooding, soil moisture in the Mississippi Basin remains very high. Also, the snowpack in Wisconsin and Minnesota is well above average. All that means is that there are, quote, well above normal chances for significant flooding along the Mississippi, with moderate flooding considered likely at most locations, end quote. Weather Service also says major flooding is considered likely at both Saverton and Clarksville. In Illinois, the Illinois and Lemoyne rivers are both expected above norm, expecting above normal chances of flooding this spring. Also above average uh, chances of flooding in most northeast Missouri locations. Minor flooding is likely among, along the Fabius rivers, the North River, the Middle Fork of the Salt River, and the Quiver River. Blessing Hospital is among the most highly rated in the area, according to a federal government agency. 
That news Monday from Blessing Health System, which says Blessing Hospital earned an annual overall rating of four out of five stars among 4,000 Medicare-certified hospitals in the country. Ratings were released by the Federal Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services through its Hospital Compare program. CMS created the program to help health care consumers make decisions about where to get their health care and to encourage hospitals to improve the quality of the care they provide. A statement from Blessing says the annual overall rating is based on more than 100 measures divided into seven measure groups or categories. Data used for the rating was calculated from data gathered last February and October. Blessing says that of nearly 160 Illinois providers in hospital compare, just over 30 percent, including Blessing, earned an overall four-star rating. And of the 28 participating hospitals within a two-hour drive of Quincy, fewer than half, including Blessing, earned that same rating. Quincy, excuse me, Quincy Public School District says it is in desperate need of school drivers. The positions include about uh, the the job requires about 20 hours a week during the school year. No nights, weekends, or holidays unless you'd like to work those shifts. QPS Transportation Director Shane Barnes said it's the worst driver shortage that the district has ever seen, saying they have three open routes that they don't have any eligible bus drivers to take. Barnes says that they have to, quote, pull all of our mechanics, supervisors out of the office just to get those routes done if anyone is missing, end quote. Applicants must be 21 years or older with a valid driver's license. The district will supply all of the necessary training. Lawyers for a LaGrange man charged with murder in the August 2018 death of a child he was watching want more evidence from prosecutors and the University of Missouri. Those lawyers filed a motion on behalf of Marcus Mays in Lewis County Circuit Court Friday. They want prosecutors and the University of Missouri School of Medicine's Department of Pathology to turn over evidence in the case. A hearing on the motion hasn't been set yet. Mays is set to have a four-day trial starting May 26th in Adair County Circuit Court on a change of venue from Lewis County. He's pleaded not guilty to counts of second-degree murder, child abuse, child endangerment, and drug possession, and was first charged after an incident in mid-August 2018 involving two-year-old Talon Allen. Mays allegedly hit the child in the head numerous times. She died five days after being taken to Blessing Hospital at a St. Louis hospital. Mays is in the Lewis County Jail on $1 million cash-only bond. And four vehicles were stolen Monday from a Fort Madison car dealership, and police there are asking residents to be on the lookout for them. Fort Madison Daily Democrat reports, according to Police Chief Mark Roloff, officers were told about the thefts from Jim Byer Ford. An employee arrived to the showroom, discovered that it had been entered overnight and two new vehicles were missing. Then they later discovered that two used vehicles were also missing. Police found forcible entry and that the vehicles were driven off the lot. According to Roloff, he says it looks like the thefts had, quote, the marks of a professional ring that has been working in the Midwest, end quote. The two new stolen vehicles are a 2020 Ford Mustang GT Premium, painted orange, and a 2020 Dodge Charger SRT Hellcat Daytona Edition, painted black. The Dodge Charger is only one of 501 made. Two used vehicles taken were a 2019 Black Challenger and a 2015 White Challenger. Vehicles are estimated to be worth over $150,000. Anyone seeing the vehicles or having relevant information is asked to call Fort Madison Police. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media, including both Twitter and Facebook. Muscle cars, huh? Apparently. All right. Thank you very much, sir. It's 1014. We'll take a time out. When we come back, legislation that makes your eyebrow 
uh, raise up to the top of your forehead. Uh, that is, well, it's been introduced. Sometimes the pushback, though, uh, creates some defensive representatives, and I don't think that process is over. Out in front of Governor Pritzker's budget address tomorrow, uh, we'll talk about some of this legislation and what it could mean to you when we come back on the News Roundtable. WTAD. All righty, playing the game again. Gentlemen, Dennis DeYoung, the former lead singer for this group. Dennis Sticks. DeYoung, who was just in St. Louis over the weekend. Yeah. Performed many Sticks hits. Yes. Apparently, that was his uh, focus as opposed to his uh, solo work. I think we've had a conversation with the same gentleman. Um, I wonder if the folks there enjoyed a lot of broccoli. Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say 73. I'll go with 71. Quaid, we oh. have a winner. 73. That's nailed it. right, ladies and gentlemen. Dennis DeYoung's birthday. I can guess with the best of them. <laughs> a good guess. Yeah. Good Apparently, uh, if you get a chance, uh, what is it? River City Casino, South City, uh, along the river, uh, is where he was performing in a in a ballroom that essentially seats maybe a thousand people. Really. Where he Never performed, been. and apparently, as, as I was told, and I'm guessing you had a conversation with him, not a bad seat in the place. So if you get a chance, neat venue to uh, take in a show there. Apparently, it's a fine, fine uh, venue, as you heard Steve say. Hmm. Welcome back to the News Roundtable Talk Radio 9:30 WTAD. Tomorrow, uh, Governor Pritzker going to deliver his budget address. Remember, we had the State of the States, and then he wrote an op-ed, and I thought that the op-ed would be the segue between the State of the State and the budget uh, address. We'll find out uh, tomorrow. However, the, the op-ed, I didn't think, served as a, a proper segue. It didn't point towards where the budget uh, could possibly be going. It just kind of reiterated the uh, State of the State. You'll remember, I believe it was last week, maybe it was uh, late the week before, we talked about... Uh, legislation uh, that uh, has been proposed that would outlaw anybody in this state pumping their gas. It would have to be pumped by attendance at gas stations. Um, there's some additional legislation that has also been introduced that will make you say, well, what, huh? What are you, what are you talking about? So Greg Bishop at the Center Square. You can follow along at WTAD.com. Just head over to the Center Square section of the WTAD website has a piece uh, which points out uh, three specific bills that would make you uh, think that perhaps they were put together right around the same time the you're going to need to get your gas pumped by a professional, uh, which, of course, as we mentioned, would only drive up prices. Senate Bill 3313, uh, introduced by Senator Laura Fine from Glenview, would essentially ban gas-powered leaf blowers. 
Yeah, it would require that uh, starting in 2022, a person may not operate or sell at retail a gas-powered leaf blower, and that a violation of uh, selling or uh, operating uh, would be subject to a civil penalty not to exceed $500. All right. Uh, uh, Just weighing that out, if this is about revenue, wouldn't you make more on the taxed gas for the gas-powered leaf blower than a handful of Five hundred dollar maybe fines. I mean, it, it, it's a regressive thing once you put that in place. If this is about the revenue, I don't think it is. Well, what uh, uh, mm, the pollutants? All pollutants that that, that uh, petroleum is a pollutant. Well, the engines. The engines are a uh, pollutants. All right. Uh, there is some po- uh, r- r- uh, comments in Bishop's piece about battery powered uh, leaf blowers. Uh, being more efficient, but I would tell you, has the market reflected that? You do have choices uh, right now. You can get a battery-powered leaf blower, um, or you could get a gas-powered uh, one. The people who do this for a living say that the industrial-level uh, battery-powered ones don't have enough oomph. But that technology is getting better, but shouldn't the market be the one driving that and not the governments. Uh, one of the people involved in this uh, says, look, this is my business. Uh, there are some models out there, but uh, maybe there's one that's going to cost you $1,500-$1,600 for a backpack blower that would be powerful enough. Again, this is for people who this is their business, their industry. And apparently, gas-powered leaf blowers still sell uh, pretty well at stores. So if you uh, remove the gas-powered ones, it kind of creates a corner on the market either for wind or rakes or battery uh, powered ones it's kind of interesting also uh representative gong gershowitz from glenview uh has uh, introduced house bill 517 that would require gun owners to take out a million dollar insurance policy so that they can have a foid card Hmm. So if you want to get a FOID card or renew your FOID card, you would have to uh, submit to the state, to the state police, that you have proof of liability insurance coverage of at least a million dollars for accidental injuries caused by a firearm. And, uh, of course, my first question is, well, why a million? Is that just a random number pulled out of the sky? What's what's the million have to do with it? Or is it just that that's a seven-figure number and will grab people's uh, attention? Uh, for firearm owners out there, uh, I don't know that this would discourage them. I think they'll, you know, do what they have to do to be in compliance or, as we've seen in this state, and as uh, Bishop points out in quotes from the story, They'll pay what they have to, or they'll just move out of state. Perhaps it would discourage new people from attempting to obtain a FOID card uh, in the first place. Um, I have a FOID card. I I know that I don't have a million-dollar insurance policy, you know, just in case. And I think perhaps that might be a deal-breaker when it comes to 
uh, renewing said void card. And maybe that's the point of House Bill 5170. Uh, also, uh, and there's a further discussion that Bishop leads to uh, as far as the government being involved with distributing uh, FOID cards and following up on uh, that type of information on making sure everybody's got uh, insurance at the proper level or not. But I would encourage you to check out the piece at WTAD.com. Finally, Bishop points us towards Senate Bill 2920, which is put forward by uh, Senator Emil Jones III. That is the single-use plastic straw bill. That would prohibit those individually wrapped single-use straws, unless specifically requested by the customers, just handing them out willy-nilly. You know, you get your straw with your beverage. Apparently, if SB 2920 passes, you'll have to request said straw. And ultimately, I think if you follow the logic on that is, eventually that straw is going to cost you. There's going to be a straw fee involved with your beverage. Yeah, they've been sent to uh, assignment uh, committees. Uh, By the way, uh, everybody reconvenes in Springfield today. Interestingly, following back to get to uh, Camille Lilly's uh, gas pumper uh, legislation, uh, her response after everybody kind of laughed at it was, hey, hey. This was just concept legislation, all right? I was just putting it out there. And then my question is, well, is that is that how this is supposed to work? You just put an idea, you pen legislation that you know goes too far and and call it concept legislation? Okay. Uh I don't know to see how much pushback you're going to get and then negotiate from that concept position. Uh, repeat the process? I don't know. Uh, what's the ultimate goal there? Based off of the original concept. If you know it's going too far, again, what's, what's the process, uh, that we're looking at? What is your ultimate, uh, end game? And why, why not write a bill that's intended to pass? Be upfront and honest about it, and instead of pushing way too far, where you know it's too far, you get mocked about it, you get defensive about it, and go, look, it was never intended to pass as is. It was just a starting point concept, legislation. All right, I understand the process as a negotiating point, you know, in the private sector, but in the political arena, when you introduce something like that that makes people go, you said what? You presented what? Are you out of your mind? It's just concept legislation. It was never meant to be passed that way. Perhaps, again, spend a little bit more time writing something that is worthwhile for the people of Illinois to take seriously as opposed to introducing something you know you don't have no intention of passing in the first place. It makes me give you the side-eye look. What are you trying to do? Where are you trying to push this particular situation and topic for us to go, because if it's where I think, I don't want to have this conversation beyond your introductory concept legislation. You can file it in the introductory wastebasket over there. As far as HB 5170, Senate Bill 3313 and 2920, uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Democrat supermajorities in the House and in the Senate do with this concept legislation 
that has been assigned to committees. Will it evolve from pushback or will it just get filed? And is there legislation that is meant for us to consume wholly and we would get behind? Will the government bring that up in the budget address tomorrow? And could it provide revenue that the state so desperately is in need of? Or is he going to introduce spending cuts? I paused because I knew you were laughing right there. We'll get into this. The governor's budget address as it's being delivered tomorrow. And then welcome Adam Schuster from Illinois Policy Institute onto the show Thursday to talk about the governor's budget plan for 2021. That's the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. Check out Bishop's Peace at WTAD.com under the center square section. Game night tonight, Steve? Yeah, we have to get started at 7 o'clock tonight, Q&D in West Hancock. Game night powered by Clarity Healthcare. Jeff Wellman and the game night crew uh, on air at 7 uh, this evening. Very good. Should be a good one. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.